Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode 91, and the topic for today is optimizing travel. Now, I've been traveling a lot over the last few months, or the last few years, in fact, and haven't actually had time to record an episode. And as some of you have been noticing as well on the Facebook page and the like, I've given some updates to that effect. But I wanted to get started again, and I've written a few episodes, but I thought the first one that we might do together, since I've been doing so much traveling, is to actually focus on the very thing that I've been spending so much time on, to focus on making travel more efficient, enjoyable, and stress-free. I had a look at the actual statistics on travel, and about half of all the people in the world, that's like three billion people, travel each year for business or vacation. And that number is increasing by about 6% each year. So a lot of us, a lot of you, are spending time traveling, again, for both business and vacation. And given that we spend so much time doing this, some of us more than others, I thought that we could spend some time looking at ways that we can improve and make more enjoyable and stress-free this activity that a number of us spend a lot of time doing. So as usual, let me start off with some quotes that I think are kind of insightful. The first is by Lawrence Durrell, who says, Travel can be one of the most rewarding forms of introspection. Tim Cahill said, A journey is best measured in friends rather than miles. St. Augustine said, The world is a book. And those who do not travel read only one page. And finally, Mark Twain said, Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. So I've organized the thoughts and recommendations and ideas I've put together into two basic themes. Planning for travel and the actual traveling itself. And most of the ideas that I'll be talking about here apply to both business and vacation travel, and some of them may be uh, one more than the other. So let's think a little bit about the ideas for how to make planning for travel, or making sure that the planning that we do for travel makes for the travel that is much more enjoyable. And the first suggestion I would have here is to pack lighter and smaller than you think you should. And I'd suggest that if you can in all possibility, take only a roller bag and don't check any luggage. That's the best possible outcome. Now, most planes are now being built, assuming that people will be bringing roller bags and that there's now enough space, especially in the newer craft, for sufficient numbers of bags in the the space right above your head in an airplane. And so if you can keep your packing light and small and that it'll fit into a roller bag, you really avoid all of the trouble with the possibilities of your luggage being lost. There was a a flight that I was on a few weeks ago, 
where I actually checked my luggage because I was traveling with some colleagues that also all had checked their luggage as well. It's the first time that I had checked luggage for, I think, even a few years. And luck would have it that we ran into some weather and some delayed flights and was essentially stranded in a particular city. And the luggage went through to the destination and we didn't have the luggage, you know, with us. And so here we're staying at a hotel without any of the stuff that's in your bag. And it makes for rather an unpleasant experience. And while it was for me a return a flight, and so it was really a matter of I'd already finished the business that I needed to do. So it wasn't as impactful as if I needed to be going to work the next day. And that's even worse, right? Where I know one of the colleagues that was just at the location I was at this past week in Madrid actually had had the same experience, but on the way to Madrid. And she didn't have any of her clothes with her, didn't have any makeup, didn't have any toiletries. And that's really quite a horrible experience. So I would suggest that if you can at all do it, try to go with a roller bag. I did actually a full month in India. About a week and a half of it was business and the rest was vacation with my family. I did it entirely for me using my regular roller bag and made sure that I took enough that I could actually do washing along the way and the like. But it made for really simple travel and so much more effective and efficient than others that I noticed had, you know, large bags that they needed to take with them as well. Another suggestion is to buy a bag that is distinctive. So some of the time, even if you have a roller bag and you intend to put it inside the plane, some of the time, especially the older planes, don't have sufficient room for all of the bags. And if you happen to be one of the last ones on the flight, then they suggest that they put it under the plane and then after the, uh, in the hold of the plane that is, and then after the flight, they come and deliver the bags all together with four, like 20, 25 people all waiting for their bag. And as you're getting off the plane and what will often happen in case like that, or even if you're also checking the bag and it's in the carousel, the same problem occurs that it's hard to discern which one is your bag. And if, for example, you've got a black bag, that's not very distinctive. And if you do have, for example, even a black bag, put something on it, like a, a tag, something that is really recognizable and easily identifiable as being yours so you can detect which is your bag. Biggest problem you can have is for your bag to look exactly like everybody else that's on the flight because you'll have a hard time finding your bag among the others. It's also the, some danger that others may pick up your bag by mistake and that's something else you want to avoid as well. Another suggestion is to put all your electronics in the same organized space in your bag rather than, you know, haphazardly throughout the whole bag. And also to follow all the rules regarding like the maximum size bottles of liquids and the like that you can have. And all of that, and if you pay attention to all those rules, you're going to get through the security check much more quickly. They won't need to search your bag and you won't be asked to take certain things out either. Also, download podcasts and also any movies or anything else that you want to personally listen to or view or enjoy while you're in your travels. Because a lot of the time you have some amount of time to spend where you could be enjoying audio and or video material. And it's a good idea to download that when you can before you leave so that you'll have it available to you. 
Also, remember to take the chargers for your smartphone, for your computers and the like. And also remember, if you're going to a country that has a different plug or a different uh, power supply than the one that you live in, make sure to take the converters with you as well. And make sure that your phone is going to work there as well, your smartphone. You want to make sure that if you're going to be wanting to use data, that you can often buy a special uh, package of um of data uh, so that you're not just using the roaming plans which is what they're called uh, when you go to another country because those can be extremely expensive so watch out for those and do some level of preparation before you leave to make sure that you've actually got a system that will be economical and also will allow you to use your phone as a phone as well as as a, a data device as well Make sure you take some local currency minimally to deal with situations where cash is the only form of payment. I tend to only work with plastic or trying to basically tap to pay everywhere I can. And increasingly in the very near future, also using Apple Pay in all the places I can. But I still find that there are certain places that only use cash and you want to make sure that you're prepared for those as well. If you do prefer to use your credit card, let's say, for a payment, especially if you're, for example, traveling on business, as I often do, uh, it's easier for you to do your your expenses when you return uh, when you use um, the credit card. But as a result, you want to make sure, for example, that if you're getting into a cab, ask them first whether they allow credit card payments and if they don't, then you can go to another cab as well. So virtually all places do support credit cards, but you do have to make sure you check first. Pack your workout gear to stay fit, especially if you travel a lot, as I do. And there are uh, typically places where you can work out, uh, even if you didn't want to you know, run, let's say, outside because you're not certain of the neighborhood and that kind of thing. Most hotels will have some form of a gym and you can actually before you leave also even choose a hotel that has an appropriate gym facility as well take pictures of your passport and also of your credit cards just in case you lose them or they're stolen you want to make sure that you've got evidence uh, of them as well if you travel often i'd suggest that you sign up for a frequent flyer program there are lots and lots of benefits to being on one of those. And when I started traveling a lot many, many years ago, I signed up for frequent flyer programs, but I signed up for too many of them. And then you don't get to get sufficient status or sufficient points or miles on anyone to really get a lot of benefit from it. And so I'd advise you to major on maybe one, two, three, maybe at the absolute outset if you do a lot of travel and make sure that you try to major on one uh, in particular because that's the one that you'll be able to use to redeem points for travel and staying at hotels and being able to get to a level, a threshold level that will allow you to use lounges and that sort of thing and upgrade your seats. That makes a huge difference if you travel a lot, that you start to get the benefits of um, being able to use lounges, Let's, as I said, and also to upgrade your seats and the like. Plan as you are looking at the time that you're going to be traveling. Make sure if, for example, it's a business trip, it's a common mistake, and I did it for many years where you just plan the meetings that you need to be going to, and then 
you get right back on the plane and come on back. And so it turns out that you have been to many places in the world, but you didn't actually experience any of them. You only experienced the insides of airplanes and cabs and hotel rooms and your place of work wherever you go. So I would suggest that where you can to build in however little time for actually exploring the place that you'll be traveling to on business as well. And of course, if you're there on vacation, you're going to be you know, planning the majority of your time looking for that as well. And even in the case of vac- vacation planning, plan sufficient time to really explore and don't overschedule yourself either. So you can truly do some getting a feel for a place. And if you see something that looks interesting to explore, that you can go and do it. So you're not constantly, even though you're on vacation, having to watch your watch so that you can get to the next thing that you've scheduled. So leave sufficient time to truly explore, get to know, you know, the place that you're going to. So those are the kinds of things that I'd suggest. And it's not a comprehensive list, but it's number of things that I certainly try to focus on with regard to planning for your travel. Like the next, think about what kinds of things can you do to make the actual travel experience itself more optimal as well. If you're traveling by plane, as most people do, I would suggest that you ask for bulkhead or emergency aisle if you need more legroom, as I tend to need because I'm quite tall. And that makes a huge difference because many, many planes and many, many airlines now have made the actual space for uh, your seat and the space in front of your seat smaller and smaller over time. So you want to look for and try to get some more leg room, even if you're not that tall, but just gives you a less claustrophobic sort of feeling when you're in a plane, you know, as well. Some of the time you need to pay extra, a little bit of extra, which I think is bizarre actually, but uh, some airlines are now charging extra, for example, for uh, emergency aisle and, uh, or they have other seating that provides a little bit more leg room, even if it isn't all the way through the typically very expensive first class or business class seats. So explore that if that's important to you. Also suggest that if you have any special dietary requirements, make sure that you order a special meal. It's not extra, especially on long flights. And you get the added benefit of being served first before they bring the regular meal carts out as well. Make sure if you're on a long flight, and I just did several flights to Europe and and I'm back. I'm based in Toronto, Canada. Also went to Australia recently. And those kinds of flights, you really need to make sure that you get up and walk around in order to have sufficient circulation happening and that you prevent the pooling of blood basically in your lower extremities. You want to make sure that you get some level of circulation happening as well. I'd suggest that you put earphones in if you don't want to be disturbed during a flight. I typically 
look at how busy I am, whether I really am, am in the mood for, or if I have the time to talk to the person next to me. And if I don't, and if, or if I really need to listen to a particular podcast or whatever, I'll put the earphones in right at the beginning. So it's obvious that I'd like to be somewhat private during that flight. And if you do that, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to music, and also if you use, and I would really highly recommend if you do, if you travel a fair bit, to buy noise-canceling headphones or earphones. They have two types, basically, the ones that go over your ears, which a lot of people use, and those were the ones that were only, the only ones that were available initially as noise-canceling types. But now they've also come out with some in-ear earphones that also have noise cancellation. They actually have little microphones in them that'll listen to the ambient noise and then cancel that out. It's actually quite amazing. And so if you think of how noisy planes usually are, once you put those noise cancelling earphones in, it just blocks out all that sound and you get super, super wonderful quiet. And that's great for listening to, like I say, you know, podcasts or music and the like or watching a video. But if you don't want to do any of those things, I'd highly recommend you also, at times, put those earphones in, have the privacy that comes with that, and be able to just relax and do nothing and to think freely about anything that you'd like. You can also, if you practice the meditation techniques that we've talked about previously in this podcast series as well, you can practice that too. Time on airplanes is typically quite long. Many flights are, you know, a couple of hours at least, or up to my most recent was 25 hours of travel. That's a lot of time that you can spend you know, doing things you enjoy, like I said, listening to music or watching movies and the like. But it's also a really good opportunity to get grounded, to think through how your life's going, think through the topics that we've talked about here, and actually listen to previous podcasts as well. So don't think you always need to be doing something. You can also spend some really good time quietly thinking, pondering, as well as sleeping if you would like as well. But I would suggest that unless you're really busy and you need to get some stuff done, or you really want to do a lot of what I just talked about on your own, I would really suggest that you, at least some of the time, talk to the person that sits beside you. I have had the most enjoyable conversations with the most wonderful people and the most intimate details of our lives by sitting next to someone on an airplane. As the quotes talked about earlier, travel can provide you with insights and different perspectives from people that are from very different walks of life from your own, that are from parts of the world that you may never have experienced before. Huge benefit to getting deep insight and really getting to know other people other than the ones that you spend time with today. It also suggests that you talk to cab drivers and people waiting in lines, etc., wherever you are. You'll learn so much more about the place that you're visiting if you ask a lot of questions and you observe and you discuss. It's a great way to learn about a place other than the one that you live in today. Another suggestion is that if you use systems like Uber, 
and various rideshare programs, check to see that they're in fact available. I'd also suggest, and these things change all the time, and I know these podcast episodes that I'm recording here are going to be around for a long time, so the technologies may have changed by the time you listen to this. But one of the the rideshare apps that I use in many places now, especially in Europe, is something called Halo, which is a an app that works very much like Uber, if you're familiar with it, but it also works directly with traditional cabs. And so you can also just jump into a cab and connect automatically through your smartphone and then do the automatic payment that way as well. One of the things that I think is most convenient, especially if you're talking about being in a country that has a currency other than your own. Now, if you're staying in a hotel, I would suggest that you also ask for a room that's away from elevators or ice machines or other noisy areas. Often you can get a room and you you find your way there and you find out that you can't get to sleep because it's just too noisy. Well, you can prevent that by either asking for a quieter room or if you're assigned one, you can feel free to ask for a change of room to make sure that you get the kind of sleep that you need. Especially if you're dealing with dramatically different time zones, you want to also make sure that you optimize for uh, you're getting sufficient sleep as well. And in fact, on the topic of different uh, time zones, I typically also will make sure that you uh, plan for the ways that you're going to adjust to that time zone uh, difference. A difference of even just a few hours of difference in time zone can really change your circadian rhythms, your sleep cycles and the like as well. And so you need to plan for that as well. In my own case, I try to plan for a day of of adjustment, making sure that I, on the first day that I'm at a, a location that is a significantly different time zone from the one that I'm in, I make sure that I do things on the first day that don't demand amazing attention on my part. And I also try to deal with the jet lag by essentially trying to uh, get tired enough that I can easily sleep. So rather than using any of the other kind of methods of how you can, you know, trick your body into adjusting in terms of time zones, my own experience is one of making sure that I just simply get tired enough so that my body automatically gets into the new time zone because I am falling asleep at a time that I know I'm going to be able to fall asleep due to my tiredness levels. Another suggestion when you're in restaurants, I would suggest to ask for the local options with regard to food, beer, and wine. People often go toward just whatever's comfortable. They'll go for a type of restaurant that's like the one that they have at home. And there's nothing wrong with that if you really want to go ahead and do that. But in order to really experience another country, another city more deeply, my suggestion is to be a little more adventurous. Really taste the local flavor and to explore their native cuisine as well as their wines and beers and the like as well. Interesting side benefit of that, the person that's serving you will typically also really appreciate that you're taking an interest in their country and its food and beer and wine. If you're traveling on business, 
I'd suggest that you take the time to explore the place you're visiting. And as I said earlier in the planning, you want to take enough time to be able to explore that place and not spend all of your time simply working or getting to and from work and just doing it in a different country or city. You want to just take a bit of time and explore that place some more. Get some recommendations from the locals in terms of what might be interesting to look into. Even if you have very little time, and I just had this uh, on a recent trip, even schedule or just buy one of the bus tours, the, you know, the, uh, the, the ability of just getting on like a double-decker bus and having a guided tour through the city. You know, it might, might feel very touristy to you uh, and not as adventurous as you would want. But at least doing that, you get some perspective and you get some overview from the person that's leading that tour and you get some understanding of what that city is all about. You want to do more, ideally, but I would suggest if you are not able to do more than that, at least do that much rather than always just chasing the cab back to the airport. Suggest they take lots of pictures, even panoramas that are so possible now on smartphones, as well as videos, because we can easily do that now because we've got all of that on our phones right? And you can uh, post that to your social media, send it to your friends and family, and also stay connected with your fam family and friends as well. You know, we've got FaceTime and Skype and the like as well now. Make sure that if you're going to be traveling a bunch, there's no reason why you can't stay connected. Keep in mind, though, what time zone <laughs> changes there may be, and that uh, you want to be aware that you're not calling somebody if you're doing something that is in the here and now at a time in their time zone that is inconvenient for them. Another suggestion is to use Wi-Fi wherever possible, including hotels and the like, and many of the hotels will provide free Wi-Fi. If you're on free Wi-Fi, if you have a VPN, a virtual private network capability from your work, for example, turn that on as well. That's a whole lot safer than using open Wi-Fi. And as I mentioned earlier, be careful with cellular data. When you're traveling and you're in that roaming, what they call roaming mode, that can be extremely expensive. And if you didn't buy a separate package, as I suggested earlier, then you're going to be in that roaming mode. And if you are in that uh, situation where you haven't bought something separate and you do have data on your phone, turn off the data. You can do that easily on most of the phone types and make sure that you don't have the surprise at the end of your trip of a huge cell phone bill with uh, large data roaming charges. So if you're traveling and you don't have a package for your data, uh, turn off data on the phone and only use Wi-Fi, let's say, back when you get back to the hotel, and then you'll be able to do any uploading or, you know, going on to the social networks or whatever you want to do. So that's just a few ideas for you to consider if you are traveling either on business or on vacation that I certainly think are important in optimizing travel and that I typically do. And I hope those were useful to you as well. And before we finish up, I wanted to just, as we usually do, share a little bit of feedback that we got from all of you. There's feedback on the U.S. iTunes store from Wally PR, who said, great five stars, my favorite podcast, excellent advice and ideas delivered in a very pleasing and efficient manner. I very much enjoy re-listening to the ones that I find most helpful. 
And as many of you know, been some while haven't been producing uh, new episodes, and many of you have actually pointed out that even though you would like me to create more episodes, and I'm doing that now, there are many, many, there's already 90 additional episodes that you can listen to. And even if you have listened to them before, you can re-listen to them as well to get that reminder of what we talked about during that episode. So thanks so much, uh, Waldy, for that. And Chef Ray, also from the U.S. iTunes store, says, Five stars, great show, and a great way to start the day. Now, a comment from uh, Mexico. The uh, heading is, Life Habits is Amazing. Five stars. It's been a while since my husband showed me this podcast. Since then, I listen to you all the time, Carl. I like all the good advice you give. I recently listened to the podcast related to gender equality. I live in Mexico, so it's difficult to face the macho culture in which we are living. But it's not impossible. I've been giving my heart and my knowledge to my son, who is 22 years old. I try to tell him we are equals, men and women. With little steps, I can change my micro world. Thank you, Carl. Hugs from Mexico. And thank you so much for that. And I love the idea of changing your micro world, right? Each one of us have an opportunity to change the environment around us. Some of us have the ability to and the facility to be able to create a podcast and talk to many, many people, as I'm doing here now. But all of us have the opportunity to change what is right around us. And so some of those topics like that one talking about gender equality, we can influence people right around us as well. So thank you so much for that comment. Another feedback from this time, China, the name is Brad, who says, great podcast. Ever since I listened to your podcast, Carl, I've started getting out a lot of confusing situations and picking up new amazing habits. And I have to say, you are eloquent. I listened to your latest episode, 90, inspired by Emma Watson's speech in He For She. I'm 26 years old now, and I feel there are many things to improve. Thank you for doing this for us listeners. I really appreciate the work you've done. Thank you very much, Brad, for that. Eureka wrote via email, I'm writing this email to you to express my gratitude. More than a year now, I've been following your podcast and even recommended it to my family friends, and colleagues. Life Habits Podcast has given me a lot of insightful information. Each topic is clear, interesting, and valuable. I'm always seeking self-help to learn and evolve individually. With your podcast, I'm able to work many aspects of my life concerning my behavior, perception, mental, emotional, etc. It's a very interesting exchange, and I'm very fortunate that I've found you this way, and that this is free for everyone out there. Thank you so much, Eureka. Now, Podcast listener Wally and Thomas also wrote to me, as have several others, asking for the show notes for the episodes, the quotes and the summaries of the advice lists. Those all used to be on lifehabits.net, a website that I had before. But then I changed the hosting company for this podcast, as many of you who have listened to this podcast for a long time will know. So that site is no longer available. So I now have put the show notes for all the previous episodes on the Facebook page that we have for this podcast series, which is at facebook.com slash lifehabits, all one word. And I think the notes are actually at facebook.com slash lifehabits slash notes. will take you directly to a summary of all of the quotes, the 
advice lists and like as well. So I hope that is useful to you. Podcast listeners Scott and Maria also made a suggestion on the Facebook page that I create a Facebook group in addition to the Facebook page to encourage more discussions and make discussions more fluid than they're able to on the page. It would also mean that all of you would receive, everybody that's there, will receive updates and not just the small proportion of you who get that on the pages part of Facebook. So I'd suggest you go to facebook.com slash groups slash life habits. Let me say that again. Facebook.com slash groups slash life habits and request to join. And if you haven't already done so, join the life habits page at facebook.com slash life habits as well. And of course, you can always send me email at lifehabits at gmail.com. And I can't promise that I will get back to you really quickly because I still am very busy. I'm doing a lot of work right now that is in high demand all around the world from the tops of companies down to the bottoms. And so I've been extremely busy and I do apologize for my not getting episodes out as well, as well as uh, not getting responses to emails coming out really quickly as well. But I'm still going to continue on with this podcast series. I know some of you were worried that I would not be doing that. I am absolutely committed to continuing this and keeping our dialogue back and forth. And I look forward to hearing from you in those variety of ways that we talked about as well. With that, I'd like to thank you for your continuing support of this Life Habits podcast series. And we'll talk to you all next time. And bye for now.